Welcome to Creative Biolabs, we offer custom contract research services and products, covering the entire process of CAR T-cell therapy development. In this brand new podcast series, we will show you everything you want to know about CAR T-therapy, including the mechanism, current applications, technology limitations, and potential strategies. Hope you will enjoy it. Dear friends in the audience, you are welcome to listen to our program on time every Saturday night. Our guest for today is the famous journal editor in the field of immunotherapy, Dr. William Smith. Would you say hello to our audience, Dr. William? Good evening, all dear followers of this podcast. Good evening, Beth. Thank you for your invitation. It is delighted to see you again. I'm very excited to be here. In the last episode, Dr. Smith elaborated on the advances in developing Epstein-Barr virus-specific and multivirus-specific T-cells. Today we will focus on advances in broadening the repertoire of available donor sources, including the generation of virus-specific T-cells from virus-naive individuals, and the use of third-party donors. Shall we start with why researchers consider generating virus-specific T-cells from virus-naive donors? No problem. Initially, the fact that the donor should be seropositive for the relevant virus is a prerequisite for the generation of donor-derived virus-specific T-cells. This is for the successful isolation of virus-specific memory T-cells. This condition inevitably limits the widespread application of the product in a subset of transplant recipients. Also, it is not a viable treatment option for those seronegative donor patients. Later, cord blood transplants are generally considered virus-naive grafts, and the number of cord blood transplants has been increasing. Therefore, the potential to produce virus-specific T cells from naive donors has been explored. What approaches have been considered to generate virus-specific T cells from naive donors? The generation of Epstein-Barr virus-specific cytotoxic T lymphocytes from naive donors has been previously reported. A comparison was made between the generation of Epstein-Barr virus T cells from Epstein-Barr virus seronegative adults and children. Depending on the cell type used as an antigen-presenting cell, two production methods were employed. One method used Epstein-Barr virus lymphoblastoid cell lines as antigen-presenting cells, while the other method uses Epstein-Barr virus antigen-loaded dendritic cells. It was found that the former approach was effective in generating Epstein-Barr virus T-cells from all seronegative adult donors, but not from any seronegative children. In contrast, the latter approach expanded Epstein-Barr virus T-cells in only a minority of children. This suggested that Different approaches may be required depending on whether the donor is a child or an adult. Well, in addition to Epstein-Barr virus T-cells, is it also feasible to produce multivirus-specific T-cells? Yeah. With the advent of multivirus-specific T-cells, researchers have explored the possibility of generating such T-cells from virus-naive donors. They developed a protocol using cord blood to generate single T-cell cultures from cord blood. And this is by transducing Epstein-Barr virus lymphoblastoid cell lines with an adenoviral vector that recognized viral epitopes only after two weeks of the expansion. It was found that the recognition of adenovirus epitopes by adult donor-derived T-cells was identical. However, their pattern of recognition of cytomegalovirus epitopes appeared to be different from adult donor-derived virus-specific T-cells. 
In addition, the generation of cytomegalovirus-specific T-cells from cord blood was also reported to be independent of the cytomegalovirus serostatus of the mother. How about the safety of multivirus-specific T-cells generated from a naive donor for prophylactical application? The safety actually has been researched and reported. Some researchers have tested multivirus-specific T-cells generated from a naive donor. These cells were produced from 20% of the cord blood units, and the remaining 80% were used as transplanted grafts. No infusion-related toxicity or post-infusion graft-versus-host disease had been reported, but cytomegalovirus-specific T-cells generated from virus-naive donors were specific for atypical epitopes of cytomegalovirus. Additionally, the development of strategies to generate multivirus-specific T-cells from peripheral blood has been explored. In one study, approximately one-quarter of patients who received peripheral blood-derived trivir-specific T-cells were given cord blood-derived cytotoxic T-lymphocytes, and none of the patients developed graft-versus-host disease greater than grade 2. Cytomegalovirus reactivation was detected before infusion in some patients, and more than two-thirds of them were negative for infection within seven days of infusion. Patients with prior Epstein-Barr virus reactivation and prior adenovirus infection cleared virus infection after cellular therapy. Incidentally, the ability to generate virus-specific T-cell products also has interesting applications in viruses for which the donor is always seronegative but the recipient may be seropositive. For example, human immunodeficiency virus-specific T-cells have recently been reported to be generated from human immunodeficiency virus-naive donors. What a delight! Well, virus-specific T-cells can also come from third-party donors, and they are called off the shelf. What is the reason for the development of this field? Most virus-specific T-cell therapy studies have been conducted using the recipient's hematopoietic cell transplantation donor as a source of T-cells. This is a reasonable approach because the donor has been identified as the optimal source of human leukocyte antigen matching and it also minimizes the recipient's exposure to allogeneic products. Not all allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation recipients have the option to return to the original donor for additional cells. Thus, the applicability of virus-specific T-cell therapy is limited, especially for those patients who have undergone cord blood transplantation and those whose donors are seronegative for specific viruses. Furthermore, the development of viral reactivation post-transplantation often requires prompt treatment to prevent the development of virus-related disease. In addition, the time delay involved in contacting the donor and obtaining the cellular product also makes this treatment impractical for routine clinical practice. As a result, many research groups have developed banks of third-party donations of cellular products to enable treatments to be taken off the shelf when needed. Through this, they can speed product delivery and make treatment accessible to recipients without available donors. Quick and convenient as it is, concerns have also been raised about some obstacles, such as the potential degree of human leukocyte antigen mismatch that is acceptable for donation, the prospect of lack of persistence of the product due to host allogeneic rejection, and the possibility for subsequent induction or exacerbation of graft-versus-host disease. As far as I know, most research has focused on Epstein-Barr virus-specific T-cells and the development of third-party cell banks. Can you give an example? Sure. Indeed, 
Research initially focused on solid organ transplant recipients whose donors may have deceased and whose stem cell compartments were not supplied with donors at source, although early studies did include a small number of hematopoietic cell transplantation recipients. A research team developed a bank of cryopreserved Epstein-Barr virus-specific T-cells from the peripheral blood of healthy donors. For patients with the refractory post-transplant lymphoproliferative disease, they used the best available human leukocyte antigen-matched products in the bank to inject patients. Of the patients who completed the full therapy, half had a complete response. Also, no graft-versus-host disease or infusion-related adverse events were reported. On this basis, a multicenter phase 2 clinical trial was conducted. The findings were similar to those of two patients diagnosed with Epstein-Barr virus post-transplant lymphoproliferative disease post-allogeneic cord blood transplantation who received partially human leukocyte antigen-matched Epstein-Barr virus T-cells from third-party donors. Both patients achieved complete responses for at least 156 months. That's a good signal. But this research is kind of limited as it only observed two patients. Is there any larger study reported using third-party virus-specific T-cells to treat hematopoietic cell transplantation recipients? Yes, of course. In the largest study reported to date, 50 patients with refractory disease due to viral infections were treated with 18 virus-specific cell lines. Most patients received them for cytomegalovirus infection with 18 patients receiving adenovirus-specific T-cells and 9 patients receiving Epstein-Barr virus-specific T-cells for refractory Epstein-Barr virus post-transplant lymphoproliferative disease. Six weeks after the infusion, the response rate for all patients was 74%. Additionally, only two patients developed de novo graft-versus-host disease post-infusion, and it was grade 1 in both cases. These results suggest that the use of virus-specific T-cells from optimally human leukocyte antigen-matched third-party donors may be safe and induce durable remissions. Highly potential strategy. As we've talked so much about virus-specific adoptive cellular therapy, would you mind giving us a summary of what's been going on in our last few episodes? Sure. As we've learned, in the past two decades, significant research progress has been made in the field of virus-specific adoptive cellular therapy. Safe and clinically effective products against a range of viruses have been developed. New technological advances allow the direct selection of virus-specific cells from seropositive donors. This has eradicated the need for prolonged ex vivo expansion steps when generating single virus-specific T-cells, thereby speeding up the manufacturing process. The costs of generating virus-specific T-cells, coupled with regulations governing the production of cellular products, limit the widespread use of these products. Also, current availability is mostly restricted to large specialist centers and clinical trials. Advances in the generation of multivirus-specific T-cell products, together with the expansion of potential donor sources, have successfully extended clinical applications to a broader range of recipients. Nonetheless, further multicenter, randomized controlled trials comparing these products with available pharmacological therapies are warranted. It has been reported that many clinical studies investigating virus-specific T-cells excluded patients with concurrent graft-versus-host disease requiring steroid therapy. This is due to concerns about the survival of cellular products in the presence of glucocorticoids. However, these patients generally have a higher risk of viral reactivation. 
and, so far, they have not benefited from advances in virus-specific cell therapy. Is there a way to overcome this difficulty? Actually, yes. Gene editing strategies have been attempted to address this problem. Genetic engineering of cytomegalovirus-specific T lymphocytes that inactivate the glucocorticoid receptor gene using transcription activator-like effector nuclease technology resulted in the generation of steroid-resistant cells in preclinical models, making clinical applications more promising. Regarding Epstein-Barr virus-specific T cells, the generation of Epstein-Barr virus-specific cytotoxic T lymphocytes resistant to the calcineurin inhibitor tacrolimus by transduction with calcineurin mutant retroviral vectors has also been previously reported. In addition to this, Epstein-Barr virus-specific T cells resistant to both tacrolimus and cyclosporin A have also been reported. Advances in gene therapy have also enabled ongoing phase I clinical studies to investigate the safety and toxicity of cytomegalovirus T cell receptor transduced donor derived T cells post hematopoietic cell transplantation. Future directions of infected T cell research should be focused on optimizing manufacturing techniques and examining the efficacy of multivirus specific T cells in larger randomized patient cohorts. In conclusion, the development of adoptive cell therapy consisting of virus-specific cytotoxic T lymphocytes is key to correcting deficiencies in post-transplant viral immunity. So much for today, and we hope you find it informative. Thanks for your sharing, Dr. Smith. It was nice talking to you and hope to see you next week. Thanks again for inviting me. See you next Saturday.